Hi, in this lesson, we're learning about cybersecurity fundamentals for e-learning companies. So that way you can protect yourself from hackers, keep your business safe, and uh, survive in this crazy world. Uh, hi, I'm Angel from RT Course Experts, and we help creative online course teachers with their tech. In this lesson, we're learning all about cybersecurity. We're going to learn what exactly is this cybersecurity word about? Why use cybersecurity techniques uh, to protect your business? And we're going to go into a how-to guide with all the best practices for protecting your business from cybersecurity attacks. We'll get into an example where we'll talk about how to make strong passwords, and then we'll wrap up with a summary. First of all, what is cybersecurity? It's the practice of protecting computers, servers, mobile devices from malicious attacks. Just like uh, a police or a security guard that protects your house or your building or a school or a library, they're guarding doors, they're looking around, they're watching who comes in and out, they're, they're making people sign in, all these sort of things. They're double checking keys. In cybersecurity for your business, you want to know who is accessing your systems, who made changes, who is moving files around, either adding new files or taking files out, looking, using, changing, etc. So that's what cybersecurity is. And you don't need to be an IT professional. You can do some basic things and then use some tools and some external procedures, some external services to help you out. Why use cybersecurity? Well, the main reason you would want to use cybersecurity is to block hackers from accessing, changing, destroying, or interrupting your business. So you don't want other people accessing your systems. You don't want them going into your financials, your, your special files with all your, your banking information, accessing your credit cards. You don't want them to access your intellectual property, maybe your raw assets. You don't want them to access it because then they could potentially share it, use it, duplicate, etc. And you don't want people changing your technology. You don't want them changing your homepage or your course or your messaging or maybe your email or having your web page forward to another page that's not your web page. You don't want people changing your assets. You don't want them changing your courses, your community information, your payment information, your affiliate information. So you don't want people changing anything on you that you may not be aware of. And you definitely don't want people destroying your information, shutting down your website, deleting all your files on your Google Drive or Microsoft Teams. You don't want people destroying anything, whether it's by accident because you gave somebody too much power or they left you or somebody's just malicious and they're looking to get in and damage your business. And finally, you don't want interruption. If your website or your course system gets a virus and people are trying to access it and suddenly it's loading super slow or maybe they get redirected or they get a message that the site is down, maybe the community has closed, or so, anything like this could be devastating to your business. Of course, in the worst case, people could hold you hostage and say, 
hey, they take over your computer and your files and, and make you pay some ransomware or something like that. Cybersecurity can get, can get very ugly. This is why we want to have some procedures in place. Let's go into a how-to guide with a couple of important things that you can do to protect your e-learning business. First of all, don't click links in emails. Always visit the site directly on your own browser. Lots of emails come in and they have, hey, click here to update your account, click here to access your password, or click here to unsubscribe. Maybe you don't really want us to unsubscribe through their click because you're gonna let them know your email address exists and other things like that. Be careful when clicking links on emails that you don't recognize. Even if they have a name that looks familiar, hover over it and look and make sure that the name is good, but where's the actual address from? You should be verifying all that. And if it looks legit, then just all tab, open up a browser and go to that website and go check out those notifications. They should be there if they're legit. Next up, is to update your software regularly. Remember, as bad things are happening, software companies like Apple and Microsoft and Google, they're gonna know about this and they're gonna release software updates. It could be an urgent software update that happens overnight, or it can be scheduled for the future. You know, annoying it as it is, don't turn off those software updates. If you need to, schedule them for nighttime when you're not really working. And then think about software across all your systems, right? You have the desktop, your laptop, or you have your phone with an operating system as well. It needs to get upgraded, iOS and Android, et cetera. You have apps as well. You might have your Adobe Creative Suite. You might have other types of apps or even a, a wide range of browsers that you might use, Chrome and Edge and Safari, et cetera. And there might be widgets, little plugins, on your browser or little apps that run on your computer as well. You're gonna want all of those to, to go get updates as, need, as needed. Next up is to try to have an antivirus program or a malware detection program. It could be Norton or Bitdefender or you know, different types of programs. Some of them might be just to stop pop-ups on your browser, but some of them are actually on your operating system and it's just running in the background and if anything suspicious comes up, it's gonna double check. Hey, did you intend to click on here? Sometimes there might be some false positives like, oh, it's a little annoying, but you can set the right settings, the right level of settings for you, that it protects you, but it doesn't annoy you. If something does go wrong or suspicious, you can immediately jack up the settings, have it do a full scan, and then breathe comfortably. Having those virus programs installed before the situation is great. Remember, some of those viruses, they can make installing difficult. So it's better to just get those programs installed, have it run in the background, make sure everything's okay. And when you need them, they're there. Next up is to access your networks carefully. Whenever you're on a website, there's two ways to get to different web pages. There's HTTP, which is a protocol to download and retrieve the, the HTML and the images and whatnot. And you may not even notice, but every time you're accessing a website, you're probably using HTTP or HTTPS, and the S is to secure. That's the one with the lock icon. 
you can by default just start using HTTPS. In the old days, when we were all on dial-up, sure, it was slightly slower. Everything's encrypted, the, the, the payloads are a little slower on the data files. But these days, we should be fine, even on mobile devices. We use HTTPS, it should just be our default. So when we click on things, um, and as you're setting up your coaching website, your course community, and your course online, your course business, just go ahead and make HTTPS the default. It makes everybody happy. And then later when you go to do transactions, everything's secure. Another thing you can do is use a virtual private network called VPN. You can, if you're at a certain place, maybe you're working remotely and you're accessing their Wi-Fi, the VPN creates a secure tunnel to your destinations. You're, nobody can see the traffic in the middle. They're not going to know what country you're from, what location you're from. All that is hidden away and you're basically, it's a little slower because you're routing all your traffic through this other server and it's pulling on your behalf. Maybe if you're at an airport or at a cafe, you turn on the VPN. Use HTTPS to encrypt everything, turn on the VPN and have it in your background so that you can use it. And then the same thing is to, and, 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 and in addition, you may want to limit your free Wi-Fi, whether it's at a cafe or an airport or a hotel lobby, use it sparingly. So if you have a mobile device that has a hotspot, use your mobile device. If you are using you know, a free Wi-Fi in a location, make sure you're using HTTPS or turn on a VPN. The next tip is to install a firewall. Install a firewall, this is like a, a, a fancy router at home. So you may have a little box that comes with your internet service provider that is kind of like a fancy modem. But in addition to that, um, you should have a firewall. So you have this device, it pulls uh, from your internet service provider, and it may have a few ports and it may have Wi-Fi, but you can have another device immediately afterwards that's a firewall. Now, some ISPs provide a router slash firewall, and that's great. But if you're not sure, or you have a very simple uh, internet connection, then go ahead and add another box. Basically, it's almost like it, it could also be, yeah, never mind. The firewall will block inbound traffic into your home or work. This firewall device is going to make sure that no weird traffic is sniffing inside your home, right? your cameras, your, your devices, your computer, your kids' devices, etc. The firewall is going to make sure that no external traffic is coming into your house that hasn't initiated from you. If you, from within your house, go and access Facebook or your course or some other website, it knows that you from inside the house went out and when that packet comes back in from those places, it knows that you started those sessions. But if an external device just goes and tries to snoop around your house, it will not let those packets in your house. That's what a firewall does. It does other things as well. You can block certain types of traffic. The next tip is to make backups. If you have to make a manual backup and you set like a calendar reminder to copy your files to USB, if something bad does happen, you have an offsite, you have a, a backup that you can restore in case you have to reformat your entire computer. And it does happen if a virus gets very ugly. You want backups that are automatic. Maybe it's behind the scenes. It's using an online cloud, so it's not even in your computer. It's backing up off-site, which is great. 
whenever the computer has some free time and it detects that there were some changes, it uploads just those changes. It's not constantly uploading all the files. Having a backup system is going to protect you. You're thinking as a business owner, you may want to have that backup license available to all your team, whether they're, they're contractors, employees, yourself. Maybe you have two computers, one at home, one's your laptop that you take on the road, one in the office. Just get backups working on all the systems. Sometimes operating systems also have a backup, but it might be limited to one snapshot. In addition to that, whenever you can, there are other hosting services that provide backups. Turn on backups for your websites and other applications. You have backups of your computers, have some backups active of your server computers. Next is to use two-factor authentication sometimes written as 2FA. So two-factor authentication says when people try to log into certain accounts, let's just say they're logging onto your bank account, if two-factor authentication is turned on, they're gonna go send a message to your mobile phone or maybe your email. That way, if uh, somebody does have your password to a, to a website, it leaked, it's out there, whenever you try to log in, or somebody maliciously looks over your shoulder and they're trying to log in, two-factor authentication is going to send you a message and that extra authentication is required in order to log into your account. It could be a little bit annoying um, and on some uh, commonly used accounts, you may not want to turn on two-factor authentication, but if you have a big following and uh, um, you're potentially at risk, then go ahead and turn on two-factor authentication for that credential. Maybe in the future, we might have to do this for everything. Sometimes two-factor authentication happens through an email. Sometimes it can happen through your phone. There's different systems. There's a couple of different ways, but for those critical accounts like your bank or your business, then you should definitely turn on two-factor authentication. Finally, last tip, is to set up multiple accounts on important systems. So every account might have different roles. As an example, you as the owner of your coaching website, you may have an admin account. For example, you as the owner of your coaching website may have an admin account to your website. But as you're updating the blog, you may not wanna use your admin account. You may wanna have it, save it aside, and then use this other role that's like editor. And so you're updating your blog, you're using your editor role, and if anything were to happen, you could go and use your admin account to make changes, to remove that secondary role, etc. Think about having potentially multiple accounts on different systems. In your operating system, there might be an admin account, but on your day-to-day -day work, you're, you could just act as a user because you're just using the browser, you don't have to go in and log in on your computer as the admin or log in on your course website as the admin. You can only log in as an admin when you need to do admin stuff like do a major change, remove a course, add an application. And only when those things are required, you can use the admin account. Most of the time, you're just using this sort of super editor power user mode and that's great. So if something were to happen, your main account were compromised, you can then go and use your power account to do other stuff. But at least you're not 
daily using your Power Admin account, only using that for when you need it. It's a little tricky, but you know, as you're creating websites, communities, courses, etc., you're going to see that you have the ability to create multiple users. Even you, as the owner, might have two levels. And definitely for your team, you may want to have reduced roles that they can access stuff. But don't just give away the admin rights because if something does leak, then you have these power users out there that, that be potentially malicious. Let's go over some tips on how to make strong passwords for you and your team. First of all, avoid short passwords. These days, four, five, six characters, not enough. These computers can run programs and they can loop through and find all find the passwords. So just keep retrying until they break in. In some cases, some systems might be smart enough to add delays to slow them, slow down brute force attacks. The point is avoid short passwords. Start thinking more than six letters. More, I know it's convenient, but in these days there's just too many attacks. Big companies are using 16 character passwords. I'll go over some tips on what you would type that you can build a more powerful password. Another thing you can do is you can use uppercase and lowercase letters. And it doesn't have to just be at the beginning or middle, or it could be anywhere. You can just, maybe there's a certain letter you like or a certain combination, but the fact they're using upper and lowercase, those are more combinations and the password has to match exactly. That's gonna make it harder for guessing if some of your letters are uppercase and lowercase. That just creates more combinations. Next up is using numbers. And don't just use one digit at the end, like your password one. No, go ahead and come up with a couple of combinations. Ideally, you're using different numbers in different passwords, because if your one password gets compromised, you don't want them to use that same number combination on another website. They access your website, then they can maybe access your bank. You don't want that. Use different passwords and use numbers, not just one digit, a couple of digits. Next up to so use symbols. These are things like asterisk, pound, exclamation point, different dollar sign. Use some symbols. They're additional characters. They're a little bit rare and it's harder. Instead of just looping through 26 letters, now you have the 26 with the upper and the lower case. That's even more. Then you have digits. Then you have symbols. It's also increasing the length of your passwords. Next up, avoid dictionary words. These hackers, have computer programs with list of popular words, right? Stapler, door, window, desk, etc. light. They're gonna know these words and they're just gonna loop through them. They already know what the popular ones are. Try to use some other words uh, or break up your words. Instead of course with an S, use course with a dollar sign or insert some silly words. Like in this case, if we have a trumpet school, put a sound in there, da, do, re, mi, la, I don't know. Just add some extra words that maybe aren't exactly off the dictionary. Maybe they're a unique name from your culture, etc. Next, be careful where you save these passwords. Don't just do post-it notes on your computer. Obviously, somebody can walk up. It also depends where you work. But let's just say they're in a shared Google Doc. Who has access to that? Is it on your computer? 
Is it on your USB drive with all your passwords? Did you, did you put it in your email? So they get to your email, then they get access to all your passwords. Just think about where are you saving these different passwords? And um, I like to break them up. I like to have personal passwords and then I have business passwords. And then within the business passwords, there's different groups. There's passwords for content marketing and then there's passwords for financial, HR, legal. Just break them up into different, pla uh, different places, who has different access, et cetera. Next is don't reveal passwords and limit sharing. You can use tools like plugins like LastPass or Dashlane and so that your contractors, your freelancers can access your websites without ever seeing the password. So basically use their browser, they go to the website that you gave them rights for, they right click and it fills in the password. They don't ever even know what it is. If you need to, you can change your password or if they leave, you can take away the rights from them on that on those security on those password programs. Next up is to limit the sharing of those. In addition, you can limit the sharing of who gets those passwords. Not everybody needs your full password list. Your VA might need something. Your social media person might need something else. Your instructional designer might need other content or your community manager. Break up your content, your different passwords, your different tools, apps, your different systems, and only give the people what they need. Don't just give them extra. If they need it, they can come ask for it and it won't be so difficult. But instead of everybody having passwords, that's gonna be risky and that could lead to problems. Not necessarily because they are malicious, but because then there's more opportunities. Maybe one of your workers gets uh, a phishing attack and because they clicked something on an email, they got access to all their files. And one of those files happens to be your, all your passwords. They don't want that. Limiting exposure is going to be a smart strategy for your business. Finally, you should change passwords. Periodically, you may want to just change your password. You may want to go back and uh, look and say, oh my gosh, that was a, that was a ridiculous, uh, that was a terrible password. I just created it when I created that account. Let me go and level that password up. And also, you may want to change passwords after things change. Maybe people leave on your team or there was um, a, a new version of an application that came out. Maybe you were on MailChimp and now you're switching over to ConvertKit. Don't just use the same password. Come up with a new stronger password. So every time you touch these passwords, they're leveling up and also you're protecting your system on an ongoing basis, not just this one or two times when these really bad things happen that you have to scramble and change dozens of dozens of passwords. If you want to level up, try a small step like making sure that you use at least two words on every password, a couple of numbers and a symbol. Going there would be a nice baseline for your company. And don't use that same password everywhere. Give every, every uh, property a different password and make sure that every password has a couple of words and digits and a symbol. That would be a very good baseline for you and your company. Let's summarize where are the top things you need to know. Extra careful on emails, right? Avoid clicking those emails that look familiar or a little bit off. Update your software, make sure you have your updates going. 
get an antivirus program or malware protection before you need it. Have a backup program where make sure you have a nice backup program for the important websites like your bank. Just go ahead and turn on two-factor authentication. Use multiple email accounts. So multiple roles, use different passwords, Don't use different accounts to log into your systems and use different passwords across all your different uh, properties. And you finally, use different passwords across all your different properties. Don't have one password that's being used on 20, 30 different websites to make life easy because that will burn you at some future point. Now you're a lot smarter on cybersecurity for your online e-learning company. To learn more, check out the info and links in the notes. If you're loving this stuff, subscribe to keep leveling up your creative business. And if you need any tech help with your courses, community, or teacher website, visit www.rtcourseexperts.com. Thanks for hanging out. Let's stay in touch.